The officials are ready. The fighters are in the ring, and they are ready. So for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, ladies and gentlemen. Pero solamente quiero decirle que muchas gracias a todos. De corazón, muchas gracias. Gracias a todos. Viva México, cabrones! Man, you fight with nobody. Get the fuck out of here, man. Get the fuck out of here because I'm, I'm gonna fuck you out right now, motherfucker. You are a horrible fighter, man. Horrible fighter. Payday, payday. You want payday. I know that. Man, in some point, I need to say something, right? HBO needs to fire you. You don't know shit about boxing. I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. You're a bit delusional, brother. I believed in myself, I backed myself, and I said it time after time. And look at me now, I've got all the jewels. I'm not the king. You got your four kings. I'm the emperor because I come to every other country and I take them out. It was my night and it's going to be my life for a very long time. Look at me. Greatest. I'm the greatest fighter in Australian history. This is the moment you truly all been waiting for. It's time! Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome and thank you for choosing Outside the Corner, The Fighting Podcast. The best fighting podcast in all of Garden City, Kansas. Hopefully, right? You know what, man? I was just thinking about that. Victor Ortiz and Brandon Rios, they're both from, from Garden City. Maybe I can try to get an interview with them. Because I met Brandon once in Wichita, but, you know, we kind of just did a quick little chat and walked off. But, you know, any any of my Garden City fam, any of my liberal people that may know Brandon or Victor, you know, hook a, hook a brother up. Get in touch with them. Have them get in touch with me. Hey, yo, matter of fact, Brandon, Victor, if y'all listening, hit me up, man. Hit me up on Twitter. Uh, matter of fact, I might even hit y'all up on Twitter. Get something going. I think that'd be pretty cool, right? Get some local local fame going on in here. That'd be pretty tight. Anyways, back to this past weekend. Man, did y'all see that? Did y'all see that great fight? Probably one of the greatest fights in history. I'm not going to say greatest fights in history, but history was made for Jamel Charlo. He became the first men's unified super welterweight champion of the world by stopping Brian Castaño in the 10th round of what I thought was a, a great back and forth fight. That, that's my opinion. I thought it was a great fight, but don't worry. I'll get to how good that fight was here in a little bit. Don't worry. First, what I really wanted to talk about today was a little bit about the UFC, uh, mainly the main event, because I, man, with graduation and all sorts of stuff going on this weekend, I, man, honestly, I've just been busy as hell. I'm not going to lie to you. I've been busy as hell. That's why I'm recording, <laughs> I'm recording this on Thursday morning, mid-afternoon-ish. It's late, very late, and I don't like doing that, but I've been busy. I've been trying to keep up, but like I said, I'm going to be talking about the UFC first. We're going to be talking about the main event. And then I'm going to get on to some boxing news and some some of the fights that happened this week. Well, you know, the main fights and the main fights that happened this weekend. So without further ado, let's just get right into it. So the main thing, like I said, I wanted to talk about was the fight this weekend in the UFC against Jan Bohovich, I guess is how you say his name. I was chopping it up and saying, what was I saying? Blockowitz or something like that? No, it's John Bohovich versus Alexander Rakich. Man, that was a shitty way to end that fight. Not not to end it. The fight got ended in the third round because Alexander Rakich tore his ACL, which was confirmed few days later that it was it was a tear in his ACL that stopped the fight. And that sucks. Like I would love for him to have continued, but there's no way in hell that was going to happen. He tore his ACL. But up until that third round, I think Ray, Rakich was doing a damn good job. I personally feel like Rakich was winning the fight. 
I thought he had won both rounds. His jab for sure controlled the first round, most of the first round. I mean, hell, even in less than a minute, I think it was like 45 seconds into the fight, uh, Blachowicz was... Is that how I said his name last time? Bohovic, there we go. See, see, see what I did there? I hate that shit. Anyways, Bohovic was uh, cut under his left eye 45 seconds into the first round. And, I mean, if that doesn't tell you enough about Rakic's jab, how good he was working that jab, then I don't know what to tell you. You weren't watching the fight very well. And the second round, I felt, was better for uh, Bohovic, but I feel after the takedown, Rakic was still able to keep control for most of the ground time. And I, I think he kept pretty composed. Uh, Bohovic was doing a good job trying to submit him and throwing punches from the bottom while he was on his back. But like I said, Rakic was doing more of the work. That, that's how I saw it. Uh, obviously, I'm probably going to see it different than most of the people that watch MMA. Most of the people that do MMA, they'll probably see it way differently and call me an idiot. You know, whatever. That's fine. I understand. I'm not the biggest judger or the biggest judge, I guess, I don't know how you would say it, of uh, how to judge these MMA fights. But like I said, I feel Rakic was doing more of the work. He was doing more of the control. Um, Bohovic did try to put a couple clinches in there, try to get him to submit, but it didn't work. Um, at one point, I think he even tried to get a triangle in there, and I didn't. I thought he had it, and it wasn't, it wasn't working out. But like I said... Rakic was doing a damn good job. He was he was able to get away from them some uh, submittals, submissions, submissions. Yeah, he was able to get away from those, and he was still keeping the ground and pound going pretty well. And like I said I feel like he was winning both rounds. And then unfortunately, that third round happened, where Rakic tore his ACL, which led to a technical TKO victory for Bohovic. And I know, well, what I was reading and everything, I was told that, or I saw that the winner of this fight was going to fight the winner of Glover Teixeira versus Yuri Pro, Prochaska. There you go. That's how you say that boy's name. Yuri Prochaska. I think that's how you say it, hopefully. The Chechen Samurai, that guy. Um... That, that's what I was seeing. That's what everything was leaning towards, that the winner of Bohovic and Rakic was supposed to fight Glover Teixeira or the, well, the winner of Glover Teixeira and Yuri Prochaska, which I think it's coming up here in about a month or so, give or take, month, month and a half, something like that. But before all that, I'd really like to see Bohovic and Rakic run it back because like i said i thought it was it was a damn good fight up until the third round a rematch would be something awesome that i would love to see realistically i think rachik's rakich's i don't know how you say it plural anyways i think his recovery time would probably put him out for maybe at least until the end of the year possibly fight again early next year um not sure if that's how it would go so what i would like to see if uh rakich is out that long uh i would like to see the winner of prochaska and Teixeira by bohovic which hopefully i think it's uh it's going to be yuri prochaska i think he's going to be the winner of the that fight because honestly man Teixeira's he's there he's still good 42 years old he's still throwing hands and doing what he's got to do but I think now might be a little closer to time where he's you know he's going to be ended up giving up that belt so I, I feel like Geary's just a younger stronger guy he's going to come in and beat Glover Teixeira down and possibly even get a stoppage because he's been a beast for that lately and I think it's going to end up being Prochaska versus uh, Bohovic. But, you know, that, that's kind of what I want. That's kind of what I want to see. 
We'll see how those fights play out. Um, but who knows? And then if they do fight, if Prochaska and Bohovich do end up fighting, the winner against the winner, I still think Rakic should get his uh, his rematch or he should even get the title shot if Bohovich does beat Prochaska, which I don't see happening. But if, if he does win, I think he should get the rematch. And if he doesn't win, I think it should be Prochaska versus Rakic for the title. And, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Like I said, Rakic, I thought, was doing pretty good against Bohovich. I thought he was taking him out pretty well. That jab was just dominant. And then Prochatska would be a pretty big fight for him. He, he's a big dude. He's a heavy hitter. So that'd be, that'd be a damn good fight I'd like to see. I, I think Rakic does still kind of deserve it. Not kind of. I think he deserves it. Like I said, he had an injury. Take him out of the fight. What a shitty way to go, but. You know, if we can't get all that to happen, who who would go next? What would we do? That is a great question. Because I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, those are the top four fighters in the division. I mean, you can't really try to throw in. You can try to throw in uh, Magomed and how do you say his name? An- Ankalev? Pretty sure that's how you say his name. Magomed Ankalev. Uh, he just beat Thiago Santos a couple months ago. Or you could even try Anthony Lionheart Smith. Like I said, there's not there's not a whole lot of names you can throw out there anymore because the top four guys are already fighting each other. So and but there is still many ways that this can happen. You know, this person can lose to that person, that person can randomly knock out this dude. So there's a lot of things that can happen, a lot of different scenarios that can go on in this light heavyweight division. I guess we'll just have to wait and see what's going to happen. And we'll basically just go from there. I don't know what to tell you. There's not much to tell you. Like I said, I just hope, I just hope uh, Prochaska gets to fight Bohovich. And then after that, I hope Prochaska gets his fight against uh, Rakic. For the title. I think that'd be a good fight to see. And I'm I'm kind of pushing for it. I'm hoping for it. Matter of fact, I might even place a bet on it. We'll see what happens. We'll get something figured out. Don't worry. We'll get it all figured out for y'all. I'll go talk to Papa Dana. And we'll, we'll get this taken care of. Don't worry about it. I got y'all. Now, back to the real reason as to why you guys are here. And that's to hear me talk about. Or hear, hear me give some shitty opinions about boxing. About what happened this weekend and what I would love to see happen in the next couple weeks or months. So the fight that I was kind of waiting for to see what would happen was Jaron Boots Enos versus Custillo Clayton. And... I can't really tell you much about that fight because it only lasted a round and a half. So <laughs> I wanted to see a lot more of Jaroninas just because like people are not giving him the credit he deserves, which I don't know why he's up there. He deserves to be in the running for a title shot. But obviously there's only one fight we want to see right now. And he's not going to get that one. Well, one of the only fights we want to see at welterweight right now. He's not going to get that fight just yet. So, like I said, in those in those two rounds, he didn't look bad, though. I mean, like I said, what, what more can I tell you besides the fact that he basically knocked this dude out with the right hand? Uh, that dude ducked his head, right hand came over the top of the ear, fucking took his equilibrium out, and that was it. Boy stood up, and he looked like a baby giraffe. After that, uh, poor Clayton didn't have a chance, honestly. Um, but what got me, though, was how he was calling out Earl Spence after. Like I said, I, I know he wants that fight, but, dude, right now, right now everyone wants Ter- Terrence Crawford versus Earl Spence. And I, I, I think he should wait before he tries to call them two out. 
personally, I feel like he should definitely wait before he tries to call one of them two out because that that's the fight everyone wants to see. Do I think he'll do pretty good against both of them? Eh. Yeah, I think he'll put up a decent fight. But I'm I'm not I'm not putting him to win either one of them, to be honest with you. Um like I said, I think he'll put a good fight up against Crawford against Spence. I think he could put a good fight up against some of these other top ten people like uh Virgil Ortiz. Or the fight, honestly, I want to see is Boots versus uh, Keith Thurman. I think that'd be a badass fight. And honestly, I see, I see Thurman losing that one. I don't think Thurman's. I I feel, man, I don't want to dog on this dude because that's not what I'm about. But Thurman hasn't been Thurman for a few years now. His injuries. And all his out-of-the-ring stuff, like commentating and stuff like that, has really taken him away from the sport, I feel. And him trying to come back, especially after that Pacquiao loss, I, I still don't see anything exciting from him. He hasn't been that exciting since before Pacquiao. And he, he went into the Pacquiao fight thinking he could knock anybody out. And he ended up getting dropped. So... Boots against Thurman would be a fight that I would love to see only because I want to see Thurman lose again so he can finally, you know, kind of just just walk away from boxing and just go straight into commentary. Because I, I don't I don't see him doing too much more in the in the division unless he moves up, but moving up would be a terrible idea for Thurman. I mean, if he's getting dropped by an older Pacquiao. The people at 154 are probably going to hurt him pretty good. And then him moving down wouldn't make sense. I mean, I feel like he's a little bloated for 147, to be honest with you. I, I say that as a bloated man myself, but I I don't see him doing too much more. I mean, does he beat Virgil Ortiz? Maybe. Thurman might have a chance at beating Ortiz. Does he beat Stanionis? I don't know. I I think that would be a pretty good fight to watch. Um, I mean, Stanionis is only 14 and 0. Iamantis is his first name, just in case y'all don't know. Iamantis Stanionis. He's 14 and 0. Uh I don't know if he would necessarily beat Thurman because he just came off a 12 round uh split decision fight. Which was a good fight. It was a hell of a fight. I, I'm just not sure if he would be able to beat Thurman. Only because of the power. Thurman still has power. I'm not going to say he doesn't. But Thurman still has power. And I don't see Thurman... Well, I might see him beating Connor Ben. Connor Ben has skill, but I don't know if he has skill to be a top five person. But I, I would like to see a fight between Connor Ben and Keith Thurman. If we can't get Boots against Thurman. I mean, hell, I'd also like to see a fight against Boots and Connor Ben. I think kind of mix up the welterweight division a little bit. Throwing names out there. Go ahead and get these people fighting each other again. So we can start getting more in line after Terrence Crawford beats Spence Jr. Yeah, I'm calling it right now. I'm thinking Terrence Crawford beats Earl Spence. I'm going to go ahead and call it a split decision win right now. If they fight. Anyways, I'm getting off topic. I think Boots, for his next fight, he should definitely try to get a fight with Keith Thurman. If he can't make it happen with Keith Thurman, stay in the top 10 of the division. Try to go with Virgil Ortiz. If he can't get the fight with Virgil Ortiz, try to get Stanionis. If he can't get Stanionis, go with Connor Ben. You know, there's there's some decent names, some big names at 147 that I think he can do. I would say try to go for Danny Garcia, but Danny Garcia, I believe, is going to 154 is what I saw just today or yesterday, something. Uh, so good luck to Danny on that one. But, yeah, I don't know. I think I think these welterweights need to mix it up. Instead of trying to call out Crawford or Spence, they need to mix it up with themselves and 
let the big dogs do what the big dogs got to do and then come and come for them, come for their belts right after that. That, you know, that's just my opinion. Like I said, I got shitty opinions on boxing and some of y'all may agree with me, some of y'all don't. But that's okay. Then, like I said, I don't, I don't know who else would really be a great matchup for them. And that's even if, because supposedly, if Terrence Crawford wins, he's going to move up to 154 and fight the undisputed champion at 154, Jermel Charlo. Will it happen? Who knows? They've been talking shit the past few weeks. Just because Charlo and uh, Spence are all, they're all cool with each other. So I, I don't know if that's really going to happen. I mean, if Crawford knocks out Spence, I, I'd probably love to see him go up to 154. But honestly, I don't think Crawford's necessarily big enough to go up to 154. That That's my opinion. I mean, he was getting rocked up by, uh, who was that that was rocking him up? Was it Dervichenko? No, it wasn't Dervichenko. Because Dervichenko's at, what, 154? 160. Dervichenko's at 160. There was one guy that was rocking up uh, Terrence Crawford not too long ago. And everyone was saying that Terrence Crawford was uh, no good anymore because he got rocked up. And that's the one with the controversy where he got hit and it looked like he got dropped. Which, technically, I think he did get dropped. But, anyways... You know, I don't know if Crawford would really do good going up to 154. If he did, it'd probably just be a money fight for Jermel Charlo. Um, don't know why. Mainly just because he's talking shit. He says he thinks he can do it. I mean, go for it. If he thinks he can do it, why not? I think that'd be pretty cool to see. I'd love to see another champion move up and wait and try to do something what other people aren't doing right now. It'd definitely be a badass thing for Crawford to try. But if Spence wins, what are we going to do? I know he ain't going to. He says he can go up to 154. He says he can even go up to 160. I don't think he can make one. He can make 160, but I don't think he'll do good at 160. Because we've got some big names up there. Like I said, Dervichenko is one of them. Uh, you've got Munguia. You've got his. You got Charlo, which they're not going to fight. But you've got Jamal Charlo up there. You've got Eubank Jr. Just to throw out a couple of random names you got. Murata, you still got Golovkin who could make 160. I don't think Spence would really, I don't think it'd be a good idea to go up to 160, to be honest with you. Uh, I think 154 would probably be his max, and then after that, think about it. But I'd like to see what he could do at 154. I mean, hell, if he beats Crawford, why not give him a shot with uh, Castano? Give him a shot. I don't think he would want to fight Lara because Lara is a real technical boxer. He can, I mean, we saw what happened with Mayweather, the controversy there. I think, or not Mayweather, uh, Canelo, sorry. Um, I think, I don't know. I don't know how it would go about Spence going up to 154. There's some decent names up there. I mean, hell, you can give him Liam Smith just to start off with, see if he can hold the power up there. And if that works out, give him Tim Zhu. I don't know. Something like that. Like I said, I just, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. We'll just have to wait and see what happens with that fight. If we can get the Crawford and Spence fight, that'd be amazing. It'd be two undefeated fighters, two undefeated champions going up, finally doing something that the other, most of the other boxers aren't doing right now. It'd be great. And then after that, Boot can go in there and do what he's got to do. Like I said, he's 28-0 as well. He's doing the damn thing. Give him a shot. Why not? Even if one of them vacates, I think he should be the first one for a title shot. For sure. There's no reason he wouldn't, he shouldn't be one of the first ones out there. But like I said, that's just me. That's my opinion. I don't know how y'all feel about it, but that's how I feel. But while we're talking about it, Jermel Charlo, congratulations to Jermel Charlo. Because I don't think, People really understand how, not how difficult it was for him to come up. I mean, kind of how difficult it was because this dude went up and he's been fighting the top people at 154. He's been fighting the top people because this dude went out and fought uh, 
he did Castano. That was the rematch against Castano. And then he even fought. Uh, what's his name? Sorry, I'm having a brain fart. He even fought uh, Jared Hurd. He fought Tony Harrison. I think he fought Tony Harrison twice. So, like, yeah, and he ended up losing a controversial loss, I think, against Tony Harrison is who it was. And he still is able to come back and run through the division and go and dispute it. You know, you know how hard that is? I mean, people were giving Canelo shit because he beat nobodies. We'll say nobodies because that's the word everyone likes to throw around. He beat a bunch of bums. But Charlo beat the people at the top of the division, and he beat the one that beat him. So, like, you have to give him the credit. You have to give him the credit for what he's done. And it was a good fight between him him and Castano. Castano. They were both doing good. I think I saw in one of the scorecards, one of the judges even had the one of the, uh, I think it was the third or fourth round. One of them had it a 9-9, and the other had it a 10-10. I was like, how the hell would you do that? Like, they were both, it, it was that good of a fight. They were both throwing hands. They were both hitting each other with good shots. It was a back and forth. I personally had Jermail winning by two rounds in the going into the 10th. So I don't know if that tells you much, but, you know, that that's how I saw it. And then in the 10th round, he took that, uh, Castaño took that right hook to the, once again, right hook to the temple. I think it was a left hook, actually. He took the left hook to the temple, and man, you want to talk about a baby giraffe. This boy had no legs on him, and that ref, man, that ref was terrible. Letting him get back up and try to fight again. You could tell by the way he walked back to the corner, Castaño was not in that fight anymore. That ref was just like, nah, we're going to get this knockout. I got money on this, baby. Let's go. But nah, man, they, like I said, congrats to Jermel Charlo. I know I talked my shit about how I don't really like them too much. Um, but what he did is an amazing thing. He unified the division. That's very hard to do. You don't see it a lot. Congrats to him for shutting me the hell up and talking about him. So he's doing good. I mean, like I said, I don't know if he should move up to 160 after this, though. Um, he's still got a couple names in the welterweight, the super welterweight division that he could fight if he wants to. Like I said, because there's still Sebastian Fundora, who people are saying should get a title shot next, which I agree. I don't I don't see why not. I would much rather see Fundora fight Tony Harrison first or Tim Zhu just to see if he can still stay in that caliber of fights. But do we give him a title shot with Jamel already? I don't know. Because some people are calling for a trilogy on the Castaño and Charlo, which I don't want to see. They had the they had the split decision uh, draw on the first fight, and then Jamel came and knocked him out on the second one. So I don't think we need to see anything. It was a knockout. That's it. It's done. Close that door. Close that book, that chapter, that page. Get it out of the way. That fight's done. Don't worry about it. But I would like to see Charlo fight Fundora at some point. I'd like to see him go up against Tim Zhu. If Tim Zhu can make it maybe another fight with one of the top guys. A fight against Tony Harrison, I, I wouldn't want to see it. Just because we've already seen it twice. But, you know, maybe they, maybe they do run it back. Maybe they say a trilogy on that one would be the best thing they could do to finally end it. Which I don't, you know, like I said, I don't see why, but whatever. And then there's still Liam Smith. He came up out of nowhere with the knockout he had a few, what, like a month and a half ago, two months ago. So there's still some names in the 154-pound division that he could definitely try to go for. Some names he could try to take out. Some names he'll probably take out. Honestly, I don't see only one I see honestly beating Jermel Charlo right now at 154 would be Fundora. But I still believe that Fundora... His his body is too long. I think he's going to, against a puncher like Jermel, I think he'll take some body shots and it, it's going to do the damage that it needs to do. Uh, I mean, maybe Fundora can keep him away with a jab and then 
power him out with a one-two and hopefully get a good shot in there. But I don't believe Pandora will be able to withstand the body shots because he's taken some good body shots. Obviously, that's the plan. But if you can get inside is the biggest problem because you, I mean, he's what, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, some shit like that. He's tall as hell. So getting inside is the main problem. I feel like Jermel can for sure get inside. He'll probably be able to throw a jab, feint out, and then do that nice little left body hook that I like watching so much. I think that's probably the way to win the fight. Like I said, he, I, I don't like using that word either. I don't like saying Fandora's too lanky. I think he's just a little too tall for him to not take damage to the body. But hey, it's working for him. He's he's doing what he's got to do. Like I said, he's keeping people on the outside. But when they come inside, he can still fight on the inside too. So who knows? We'll see. There's a lot of things that can happen within this division. There's a lot of things that can happen within boxing here in the next couple weeks, here in the next couple months. There's uh, so many opportunity for people to move up, people to move down, people to lose their belts. Like I said, don't know if Charlie would really want to go up to 160. Because then, I mean, imagine that, though. Him and his brother both running at 160. And they both become champions, but they never fight each other. Obviously, they wouldn't fight each other. I think that'd be cool to see, kind of. If it was other brothers, just because I don't like them. But, you know, I don't know. That, that'd be kind of cool to see. I don't see it happening. Because there are big names at 160 that will not let that happen. But who knows? It could surprise me. Like I said, they surprised me already. They're still here. They're still winning. One of them is unified. So anything can happen in the sport of boxing. I've said that many times before. One punch can change the whole thing. And that's all she wrote. We've seen it many times. But speaking of stuff that's going to happen soon. Because... Honestly, I'm in a hurry, and I didn't really do a whole lot of research on this one. And, and there wasn't a whole lot going on. It was the this main fight that I was going to talk about and Boots. But Boots kind of screwed me on that one and only did two rounds. So, Which he says all the time. I'm not here. I, I'm here to fight. I don't get paid for my overtime. So let's make these fights quick. Which, I mean, fuck it. If that's how you want to do it, do it. I'm down with it. But fights that we got coming up, we've got... Next this weekend, the fight I've been talking about, the fight I've been wanting to see for a while. David Benavides versus David Lemieux. Man, I'm telling you, I've told you for a while. I'm ready for this fight. I'm ready to see what Lemieux's gonna do to Davis or to Davis. What the hell? Uh, what Lemieux's gonna do to Benavides? How he's gonna be able to take them shots? How Benavides is gonna be able to take them body shots? Because I feel he leaves his body open way too much. And I think that's going to be one of the big factors, one of the big factors. I also think another big factor is going to be Benavides's power. Because obviously he has power. He's fucking knocking people out. He does what he's got to do. He's still a big guy for 160 pounds or 168 pounds. Sorry, because that's what they're fighting at. Um, not sure if Lemieux can withstand the power. Hopefully he can. Because he's he's got a couple he's been knocked out a few times, not knocked out cold, but you know he's been he's been stopped in some fights. So it's going to be a really good fight. I I feel it's going to be a very entertaining fight. It's going to be a firefight. They're both going to be throwing back and forth, and I I see this one ending in a knockout. I don't see them going all the way with this fight. I'd rather not see them go all the way with this fight, but if it happens, it happens. You know whatever. That's how the sport is. But man, I'm I'm telling you, I'm ready. I'm excited. These guys are gonna throw hands, and I can't wait for it. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a good fight. I hope y'all can watch it. I'll I say this all the time, but I'll try to do a live or an episode for the fight. We'll see if I can do it. I'm always busy on the weekends watching and doing family stuff. So, but we got that fight coming up this weekend. Next weekend, May 28th, we've got. Gervonta Tank Davis versus Rolando Roly Romero. And I was just watching a video of uh, Roly doing some uh, some shadow boxing. 
and he looks like he's throwing he's trying to throw a lot of power with the punches that he's doing in his shadow boxing but it doesn't look like he's got a whole lot of I don't want to say technique but just watching this video man I don't know I don't see anything that doesn't tell me this ain't going to be a devastating knockout and I don't see it going past the second to be honest with you I'd like to see I matter of fact I'm gonna call it right now Gervonta Davis is gonna take out Rolly Romero with the beautiful left uppercut in the second round kind of like he did with Leo Santa Cruz which man that wouldn't hurt my feelings poor Leo when I saw that uppercut I was like Jesus Christ my boy my boy Leo got knocked out in front of his father too dude that was a man fuck you tank anyways I think he's going to knock him out with an uppercut. It's going to end the whole thing. And that's going to be all she wrote. Uh, Roley probably shouldn't be fighting after that. Especially if he gets knocked out the way everyone thinks he's going to get knocked out. And no, this isn't one of those, oh, Canelo is going to beat the hell out of a ball fight. Why is he giving him a chance? No. This one is 100%. Roley's getting knocked the hell out. There's no reason Tank should not knock this dude out. I mean, let's be honest here. Roley's barely top 10. If you're going to give him that, I don't even give him top 10. But, you know, some people have him in the top 10. So we'll we'll see. I think Tank just took this fight because he was talking shit. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to beat the hell out of some kid. And we're going to get this out of the way. That's just what I think. But we'll go from there. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, that fight's May 28th. Uh, that's going to be a... It's going to be a quick one, so make sure you don't waste all your day trying to get ready to see it. It's not going to last very long. And then after that, June 4th. June 4th, my guys and girls. My guys and girls. My people. June 4th, we have George Cambosas versus Devin Haney. And I think just today, Thursday, Devin Haney's team arrived in uh, Australia. So that's going to be that's going to be good. I know many people are going to are not going to like me for my for my pick on this one, but I got to go with Cambosis. And I've said this before, man. I've said it many times and I'll say it again. I'll say it again and again and again until he proves me wrong. I don't think Devin Haney has the chin to withstand some of the bigger punches. I've said it a lot. The main problem is that they cannot catch him, which I agree. He is a great boxer. He has good defense, and it's hard to catch him, but he does slip up, and he's done that. He slipped up against Linares. I've said this before, and he got caught. And if Linares was a, if he was a killer, if he had that killer instinct, he would have stopped him. If that would have been anyone else in the top five of the division, Devin Haney would not be being talked about right now. Anyone else would have put him out after that. Because that next round after Haney got rocked up, he was still wobbly. So that, that's how that's what I think. I feel Devin Haney is going to get caught. I'm not going to say he's going to get caught early. But I'm going to say he's going to get caught maybe 8th round, ninth round. And Cambosa is going to put the fire on and he's going to take him out. And man, that would be crazy though. Imagine Cambosas knocks out Devin Haney after he just beat Teofimo Lopez for all the belts. Got unified. Oh, we're well, not unified just yet. Once he, whoever wins this fight, Devin Haney and uh, George Cambosas will be the unified champion. But imagine that Cambosas, they gave him no shot against Teofimo. He dropped Teofimo, ended up beating the hell out of this dude. To where he's making crazy ass comments online and in interviews saying he won 10 of the 12 rounds. Like, nah, my boy, he 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 pieced you up. So Cambosas won that one. And imagine he goes back and wins again. The dude that y'all were counting out in the first one. Man, that'd be a story. That'd be tight. Like I said, I'm pushing for him, man. I'm pushing for Cambosas. I, I don't know about y'all, but I love the underdogs. 
I love underdog stories, especially like that, where they said he had no chance against Teofimo, and he won. Emphatically, he won. Like I said, Teofimo had nothing on him. Not on this fight. He had nothing on him. So, and then plus, Teofimo's a big dude to knock down. He's taken some massive shots. So for Cambosas to have knocked him down, I really feel like he's going to hurt Haney. I don't see Haney. I don't know, man. I, I We have to watch the fight. We have to watch it. Like I said, I, I can't. <laughs> I can't. There's so many scenarios that can happen. So many scenarios. Because what? Let, let's say Cambosas loses. And then Haney becomes a unified champion. Who's next? Are they going to put Tank against Haney? Lord, I hope not, because Haney's going to get hurt terribly against Tank. Because Tank's got the skill and he's got the power. Haney just has the skill. I'm not going to say he doesn't, because he 100% does. Haney has the skill. But Tank's got that power with the skill that'll take Haney out. Loma, I know people hate talking about Loma, but Loma, dude, he's they call him the Matrix for a reason. This boy's good. Y'all going to talk about, oh, he's... He lost to Salido. Shut the hell up, dude. That fight was terrible. There were so many calls that were not called in that fight. That was such a terrible fight. And for him to lose in a split decision, it was it was a bad fight. Everyone knows Lomachenko should have won that fight. So stop it. Plus, he was hurting the Teofimo fight. I know everyone's going to be like, oh, that's a cop-out. That's what you say right now. Yeah, because he was hurt. Shut up. He was hurt. But I still feel Lomachenko can beat Haney. I think he's going to outwork him. I think it'll be a very good technical fight, for sure. I still, towards the end of the fight, I feel like Lomachenko is going to point him out. He's going to figure out his flaws, and he's going to be able to catch him. And we've seen Loma, how, how much of killer power he has, what he can do. I mean, hell, we saw what he did with Comey. He was telling Comey's corner to stop the fight because he didn't want to hurt this dude. And he kept fighting, but he didn't. he wasn't doing what he usually does. He wasn't trying to hurt him. He was shown a mercy, which is awesome. Thank you for that. Because that could have ended badly. But I don't see Haney beating Loma. Um, it'd be a very interesting interesting fight with Haney and Ryan Garcia. Don't know if they can I don't know. I don't know who would win that one. Honestly, I think the only thing that Garcia would have over Haney would be possible speed. But I don't know if he really does have enough speed to end the fight or to like to catch him to end the fight he might because he does have a really good pop i'm not going to say he doesn't garcia does have a very good pop he, he's strong for what he has ryan garcia does have a very good pop uh like i said he does have the speed i don't know if it is enough speed to hurt him to hurt the timing of or to affect the timing of Devin haney because haney still is really good with his timing I just, we've said it before, many people say it online, man, pillow hands Haney. We haven't seen him actually knock someone out or hurt somebody in, in some time. So I, I don't, I don't see him having the power to hurt or knock out Garcia. People want to call Garcia a glass chin, but I don't see him having a glass chin. He just got caught really well against, uh, what was his name, um, Damn, I'm having a brain for it. The dude that knocked him down, and then he ended up knocking him out. Uh, shit, I'll come back to that. But he got knocked down, and like everyone was saying, oh, he's got a glass chin. He's got a glass chin. He won't be able to make it anymore. He, he, he's already been uh, caught. He's going to find out that he ain't that good. Nah, man, Ryan Garcia's still good. I may have talked my shit on him, but Ryan Garcia's still good. He's still got the power we've seen he still has power he's still got the fast hands to do what he can do or to do what he has to do to finish these fights so i don't i don't know who would win that one i really think it would be i don't know i, I think i'm just shitting on haney man <laughs> I, I don't and it's not the way he fights i i just feel like we've seen better talent we've seen people who can do better and they're not giving them the props He's just been kind of pushed up there. But then again, who knows? 27-0. and 0, He's obviously doing something right. Something that I can't do, which is box. He's doing, he's doing something right. 
like I said, this is just if he beats Cambosis. If he loses to Cambosis, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know if he would really fight one of the top five guys again. Not right away, anyways. He might go on and fight someone like Javier, uh, Javier Fortuna, uh, Jeremiah Nakatali. You know, fuck, even give him Jojo Diaz. Who knows? Something like that. You know, get him a fight just to get in there slowly and then come back and maybe try to go for a run again. Um, Cambosis, man, I don't, I don't see him beating Loma or Davis. I can see Cambosis beating Ryan Garcia. Um, I can see him beating some of the other, the lower top ten fighters because we've got Isaac Cruz. He's in the top ten. I can I can see Cambosis beating Isaac Cruz, Isak Cruz. I'm sorry. I guess I don't know how to say his name either. Um, Jojo Diaz versus George Cambosis. I can see Cambosis winning that. Um, like I said, it it. it there's so many scenarios in this uh, lightweight division, man. 135 pounds is stacked. There's all sorts of things that can happen. So many people that can beat these top guys. Well, that can't beat these top guys, but they can beat each other. Like, I don't know, man. This lightweight division is crazy. It's stacked. I'm excited to see the fights that are going to happen soon because we were supposed to get, I don't know if it's official or not, but we were supposed to get Ryan Garcia versus Isaac Cruz. And I guess Cruz's managers were talking about he wasn't going to give him the fight just yet because he wants to wait for the Davis and Romero fight. And he wants Isaac Cruz to get a rematch with Tank Davis, which I wouldn't mind. I, I would like to see that because Isaac Cruz was putting the work in on Davis. I think it was a really good fight. And I wouldn't mind seeing a second one. Don't know if it'll be any different, but I wouldn't mind seeing it. And like I said, if, if they can't get that fight, definitely go Isaac Cruz, Isaac Cruz against Ryan Garcia. I would love to see it. I think, I personally think Garcia loses that one. I feel Cruz has the power and he has the uh, pressure to actually stop Ryan. But like I said, Ryan's got that speed. Ryan's got that timing. He can catch you with many different punches. That you don't see coming, and I feel like that's going to be the biggest decider if they fight. That's going to be the decider is if he can get that timing to catch him. Because Cruz does, I don't know why, he hasn't learned anything else, but he does throw just a bunch of hooks and hooks and massive overhand rights. So I can easily see him getting caught by Ryan Garcia or by any of the big names, honestly. I can see him getting caught. But like I said, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Because there's a whole lot of fights that can happen here soon that can definitely change up the the lightweight division. So we'll see. We'll wait and see. Hopefully, hopefully it goes the way I want it to, so we can get some bigger fights out there. But you know, it's it's not up to me. It's up to the fighters, and we'll let them fight and figure this out on their own. And on Tuesday, June seventh, which is very weird. But it's on Tuesday, June 7th. We have the rematch between uh, Neo Inoue and Nonito Donaire, which I am very excited for this fight. But I don't know if I want to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning Central Time to watch this fight. Because that is what time the fight is going to happen. And I really don't want to wake up at 4 in the morning on a fucking Tuesday to watch this fight. But we'll see. I might. I might. Just so I can finally make it to work on time. But. I might. Wake up that early. Just to watch the fight. Because it, it, the fight's supposed to be. It's going to be in Japan. So obviously it's going to be early. Uh, 4 o'clock central time. 5 o'clock eastern time. And 2 o'clock pacific time. I feel terrible for them. Or I feel bad for them. They might as well just not sleep, watch the fight, and then go right back to work. Because, damn, 2 o'clock in the morning, that one I don't know I'd be able to do. But we got that fight on uh, June 7th on a Tuesday, just so you guys don't forget. I'm, I'm letting y'all know it's on a Tuesday, so y'all can remember. But that's going to be one hell of a fight, man. 
uh, Neo Inoue versus Donito Donaire or Nonito Donaire. It's gonna be great. I can't wait to see what's gonna happen. The rem- the first fight was amazing. Uh, Donaire was getting beat, and he ended up catching uh, Inoue. I think like in the sixth or seventh round. And from there, Donaire was just putting in the work, and he couldn't stop him. And then on the in the twelfth round, I think it was, uh, Donaire got hurt, and I, I believe he even dropped him. And it, it was crazy, man. That was a whole good fight. I might even go back and watch it, just so I can hype myself up for this fight because it it's gonna be a badass fight. So if you if you don't watch that fight, I understand. I'll update you. Don't worry. Matter of fact, I might even push the episode back to record it Tuesday night so I can watch that fight and then tell you about it just as it happens that day. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll get something figured out for you guys. Don't worry. I'm, I'm trying to do better, guys. I'm trying to get better at the timing of all these episodes. Like I said, I've just got a busy schedule with work. We're trying to get all sorts of stuff taken care of, man. I'm trying to get these interviews set up, too. Don't know how exactly I'm going to do it just yet, but we're trying. Uh, I need to reach out to some of my local people, some of the local fighters here. Matter of fact, one of them, one of the local fighters here in Garden City, he's going to be doing his pro debut, uh, I believe, in the middle of June or July, one of the two. Uh, I'm going to try to go out there and watch that, watch some of these local fights. Like I said, I'm trying to push, I'm trying to push more for local people. I'm trying to push more for the smaller guys that don't get the big names. I'm trying to, you know, I don't even have a big name right now. I don't have. A whole lot going on at the moment but if for some reason one day i do become bigger with this podcast i would like to start supporting smaller people smaller fighters smaller franchises like matter of fact shout out to coach pedro out in manhattan uh ko boxing he's doing one hell of a job out there i know he's trying to uh promote more things for uh for smaller communities like he's gonna do a free i believe it was a free week for kids uh, boxing lessons out in liberal kansas um if you know him you know tell him i said shout out uh that's my boy pedro marquez he's doing a good thing man he, he's doing really good trying to coach up all these kids and all these younger people and just people in general out there in manhattan with the boxing like i said that's that's what i'm that's what i'm about that's what i'm for i want to start off with the local stuff and then build from there and just continue to move forward that's why i said if we can get victor ortiz brandon rios out here Get them to do an interview with me, you know, just kind of push it a little bit and just support our local fighters, support more of the younger people so we can just get boxing going back the way it's supposed to be. And, you know, I think that'd be great. I know I went on a little rant right there, but whatever. I don't care. It's my podcast, not yours. But, yeah, man, like I said, I'm just trying to do the best I can. We're trying to do what we can out here, and we will continue to do the best we can, the best I can. Because I still got people supporting me. Matter of fact, I'd seen someone in California was supporting me too. I don't remember what the town was, but a shout out to you. And then shout, I think it was Raleigh, North Carolina. Yo, shout out. Y'all coming up out of nowhere, dude. I like it. But yeah, thank you. Like I said, guys, thank you for the support. Thank you for continuing to listen to everything I've got. And we'll just continue to keep grinding. That's all we can do. Thank you guys. Much love. And I'm out. I'm not going to be able to do that.